It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128, 405-362-7128, your number to call. Don't forget, if you want to get involved with the show, you can hit up those avenues. But also, if you want to join the Locked on Thunder Fantasy Basketball League, DM me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles or email lothunderpod at gmail.com and we will get you set up and into the Locked on Thunder Fantasy Basketball League. On today's show, a lot to talk about. The Thunder received two positive tests for coronavirus, Media Week wraps up, and the NBA sets a new trade deadline as well as setting the first half of this season's schedule. James Harden cannot stay out of the clubs, and one NBA team has already had to shut down their facility. That and much more coming up on Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's do the weekend Media Week recap because we've had some availabilities since we last spoke on Friday morning. 
Mark Dagnott had his media availability after training camp on Sunday, the first day of full team participation. And that's whenever he told us that two players have tested positive for COVID. He did not specify the players, obviously. That is up to the players if they want to come out and come forward and sing that they have it. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on who has it or who doesn't have it. Uh, I think that plenty of people are going that route right now, so you can read into whatever tea leaves you want to read into, but it, it's simply just not something I'm going to do uh, because I frankly don't know who has COVID and who doesn't have COVID. Uh, but anywhere between 11 and 15 players were made available to practice today. Uh, obviously, excluding the two players due to COVID, that still leaves some guys banged up or some guys easing into things or maybe some guys reporting late that couldn't get up the speed in time. Whatever the case may be, 11 to 15 guys today were made available on Sunday to start training camp. Uh, he says that the defensive schemes will look a lot like it did last year, which I think that everyone was prepared for. I've always been saying that on the court-wise, Mark Dagnott scheme-wise is going to be a lot like Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan 2.0, and we're going to see that a lot in his schematics defensively and offensively. And then he mentions, mentions that the goal this season is to prepare for meaningful games whenever it is that the team plays meaningful games again. And I think that that's the right attitude to have. You, you want to prepare and you want to learn from every single game, and if that adds up and if all your experiences at the end of the year add up to the postseason, okay. But if it doesn't, at least you have a bigger sample size to evaluate these players on and to understand where they need to improve on. I think that this is a great way to look at it. It's not playoff or bust. It's not saying, hey, look, we're not even trying with postseason. It's we're just going to take it game by game and try to improve and prepare ourselves for what it will be like when we play meaningful games again, no matter if that is in July or if that is in 2023. Whenever it is, we're going to be prepared. I like that mindset from Mark. Again, good talking to Mark. He's Really a good interviewee as a head coach. We did get to talk to Shea Gildas Alexander. Uh, he looks a lot stronger physically. He also points out that he had a pimple on his media session. That was really funny. He sat down and we were all excited. You know, we were staring at the computer screen and then he sits down and goes, oh man, I have a pimple today. You couldn't have allowed me to do mine a couple of days ago whenever I didn't have a pimple. But it was kind of funny that he points that out to everybody because I don't think anyone would have noticed had he not pointed it out. It wasn't like a humongous pimple on him or anything like that. I still couldn't find it after he pointed it out, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but he talked about how he has a brother for life in Chris Paul and that he knew a Chris Paul trade was eventually going to happen. Uh, he knew that back when when the Thunder acquired Chris Paul last offseason. And so any talk of Shea like hating the organization or going to leave the organization because they traded Chris Paul was always silly, but it's even more silly now. Look, it's a part of the NBA, and that does not take away from the experience and the friendship that Shea has gotten to build with Chris Paul. And, and they genuinely have a have a strong relationship. I mean, even to this day, they're going back and forth on Instagram, having some fun off the court. You, you like to see that kind of stuff, and that's good for Shea. But the big thing for me was that he's excited and he thinks that he's earned the opportunity to be the point guard of the future, and he, he thinks he's earned the opportunity to, to have this franchise turn their keys over to him. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. He thinks that he absolutely is going to be a long-term point guard and that Mark is a player's coach. But another thing that he points out is his defense. And he points out how he has spent a lot of time working on his body and working on his game to be able to perform at both ends of the floor. And if Shea can lock in defensively and he can have a, a motor that allows him to play on both ends of the floor to give effort and intensity on defense with his size and his physical ability. He should be able to be a very switchable defender 
that can go one through four, one through three at least, which obviously adds a ton of value defensively, especially as Mark wants to play this positionless style. And you saw glimmers of this last year. Whenever Shea wanted to play defense, he could play really, really good defense. The problem is that was not an all-the-time thing for him. And so if you can make it more of an all-the-time thing for Shea and get closer to that, that, that all-the-time effort defensively, he's going to unlock another level of his game, and he's going to be able to reach that top 15 ceiling that a lot of us think he can. I mean, that's that goes into getting to that point, to getting to that top 15 mark uh, eventually in his NBA career. So that was fun talking to Shea. George Hill talked to the media as well. Uh, he, he told us that the big thing was that he loves to impact communities, and I thought that that was really genuine of him, and, and I really enjoyed hearing his thought process and talking about how you know, you can't promise wins and, and you don't know when you're going to lose, but you can promise that you're going to give 110% on the court and off the court when trying to impact communities and grow communities and, and really help the surrounding city that you play in. And, and I really thought that that was very genuine from him. And I think that that's a big part of all of this, right? And Russell Westbrook said the same thing uh, a couple of days ago whenever he met with the media in Washington, that he, he really loves impacting communities and that he thinks that that's a big part of somebody's legacy. And I think that he's right. I think that there's so many instances where I mean you can turn a loss into a win. If, if a couple of things go differently and, and you know just randomness of basketball happens in your favor rather than theirs, same thing for whenever you're the winning team. The one thing that isn't random or the one thing that isn't up to chance and the one thing that players can truly control outside of their personal performance is what they do in their community. Building schools, building libraries, you know, help, you know, donating, doing what Russell Westbrook does all the time with the with the Thanksgiving stuff that he does and, and buying toys for kids, things like that. It's just something that you can fully control. And I liked hearing that perspective from George Hill. Obviously, winning is preferred, but it's not the only thing. Impacting communities is a big deal. He also mentions on the court-wise that Coming off the bench or starting, he has no preference. He just wants to do whatever the Thunder want him to do. This is a big deal. It gives you flexibility to play younger guys ahead of Hill. And it's a big deal as well is because if you don't care about if you're starting or not, you wouldn't care if you're playing bench minutes. What I mean by that is maybe you do tip your cap to a veteran here in George Hill and you say, look, George is the starting you know, two guard, but he's not going to play starter minutes. He's going to get his name announced. He's going to go out there for five minutes at the opening tip, and then we're going to we're going to switch in Hamadou Diallo or somebody like that that you want to get more minutes than him. Uh, maybe you do go that route, but it leaves yourselves it leaves yourself open to more options if he's handling it this way, as in I don't have a preference versus what Carmelo Anthony did with who me. I'm not coming off the bench, so I mean it's just kind of dis- different perspectives from two different players and two different careers. But it does help the Thunder whenever whenever they're trying to get uh, more young players minutes. We talked with Frank Jackson, and Mark says that he has a force to his game, and so Mark was kind of raving about him a little bit whenever he got asked about Frank Jackson. So I think that that's very interesting. Frank confirmed that Oklahoma City was one of the first teams to interview him, thus confirming that Oklahoma City did have interest in Frank Jackson. And I think that that's a good flyer pick for Oklahoma City. I think it's clear right now that Frank will be on this roster on opening day, which we'll get to in a second, the whole schedule. And I'm interested to see if he can turn his bubble playing time and the impact he had in the bubble into actual NBA basketball night in, night out for a longer than just a couple-week stretch, which New Orleans only got to, got to 
play out in the bubble. So then we move on to Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley was in a much better mood on Sunday than he was a couple of days ago to lead off his media availability. He had a new haircut that he really liked. He enjoyed making sure we all saw the haircut. Very nice haircut, Darius. And he talked about how the turnaround is not quick enough for him. And this is going to be our first big basketball discussion of the podcast so far. I think that that's interesting for Oklahoma City. And I think that it points out to you why this team might not be a pushover, especially in this first half of the season. As you see older teams, veteran teams, or even just teams like Dallas. Dallas is not very old, of course, but they do have Luka Doncic, who throughout his NBA career so far has been prone to some nagging injuries. And of course, Kristaps Porzingis would not even be available until at the earliest mid-January. And you do want to want to keep him on a pitch count, so to say, and make sure he doesn't overextend himself because at the end of the day, all Dallas needs is to get those two guys into the postseason. As we saw last year, 7th seed Dallas almost beat the LA Clippers if a couple things go their way. So even a team like that will be taking this quick turnaround and turning it into more games off for Luka, more load managing their two stars. Whereas with Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City has very few veterans, and they have a lot of guys like Darius Baisley who is excited for this season and wants the season to happen faster and wants to play every single night and is finally going to get his improved role, his, his, his larger minutes, and wants to prove he's an NBA player. You have guys like Shea who is stepping into that point guard role and, again, wants to prove he's an NBA player, obviously still on the younger side, so still wants to play night in, night out. And then you have a lot of flyers. You have Frank Jackson, TJ Leaf. Admiral Schofield, guys like that who want to prove that they can even stay in the league longer than this season. So, I mean, the Thunder roster, as you look at it up and down right now, is not terrible. Like, it's it's not just outright going to get blown out night in and night out. And if you do not get blown out night in and night out, it leads itself to more randomness. Just within the flow of a basketball game, a couple things go your way. If you're going to play a close game anyway, you might win a game you shouldn't win. And then you mix that with the randomness of, okay, what if you play Dallas without Luka and KP? Well, this roster is not terrible, so you can upset Dallas in that game. What if you play LA without AD and LeBron? And what if the load managing goes your way? You've gotten more wins now than you should have. So, I mean, the Thunder being able to play Basically, their entire roster, night in and night out, the only guy that I would think that you might load manage is, is Al Horford. But you would have said the same thing about Chris Paul last year, and he missed one game, and he only missed it because of the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. He did not miss it due to load managing. He did not miss it due to injuries. He missed one game for an emotional reason. So what if you don't load manage Al Horford? So the fact that this team is just constructed with young guys with no injury history that want to compete night in and night out, and on top of all that, I don't think that they're bad enough to get blown out every single night, you could see way more wins in this first half of the season than you're expecting them to have. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But coming up, we're going to conclude what Darius Basley said. The Thunder made some roster moves and we're going to get into the schedule. 
But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The Built Bars are soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. Built Bars are phenomenal for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. You're going to want to get your hands on some Built Bars today. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Built Bars are amazing for pre-workout. They're great for post-workout. They're even great as a snack or a meal replacement. They're just that filling. My personal favorite has to be the banana bread option, but also cookies and cream is no slouch on that new flavor at Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. We are back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Do not forget that coming up this week on Thursday, we will talk with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, the largest fantasy basketball podcast in the world, Josh Lloyd, about fantasy hoops and and who you should be drafting, who you should be staying away from, getting in-depth into fantasy basketball ahead of our Locked On Thunder Fantasy Basketball League. Again, if you want to get involved in that, hit me up on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles or email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. So, That's coming up on Thursday. Tomorrow, we're going to be power ranking teams and just seeing where the Thunder fall in my NBA power rankings. On Wednesday, we're going to have a Thunder roster projection 3.0, and we're also going to do player profiles, where these guys come from, what's their background history, because I understand that a lot of you might not know anyone on this Thunder roster outside of Shea, Dort, and Baisley. So I want to dive into all that on Wednesday. Again, Thursday is Josh Lloyd, and then Friday, we're back to previewing games. We have an actual basketball game to preview on Friday as the Thunder start their preseason, taking on the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday. So it's a lot to jam in here on Locked on Thunder. That's why we are a daily podcast about Oklahoma City, the only one about the Thunder. So, Let's dive in now and finish up the Darius Basley conversation. The last thing he touched on before we get into the schedule and we get into the roster moves, the last thing he touched on was that he wants to be able to guard multiple positions and that he has focused on getting himself better defensively because he thinks that the defensive side of the floor is all effort and he wants to prove he can be a good defender. He even talked about how he wants to ask for tougher assignments within the system, within the team, and he wants to be that guy that can go get whoever he needs to go get and improve this team's defense. And if Darius Baisley locks in defensively, just like Shea, he has that frame, he has that build, that he can very well switch one through five if he puts on more muscle. And that's what Billy Donovan talked about in the bubble. Billy Donovan said he wants to see Baisley continue to add muscle to his frame to be that small ball five because that's the way the NBA is trending. And if Baisley wants to do that, He legitimately can guard one through five with his size and stature and all of that good stuff. And if he locks in defensively, you have a defensive lineup with Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Al Horford, and then whatever Shea can turn into defensively, it's a really good defensive lineup. I mean, that's a really good defensive lineup. So I'm excited for that as well. Now, the Thunder did make a roster move. Uh, They brought in Jalen Horde, who was once thought of as a part of the Al Horford trade, which of course will not go through until the 8th, but he was already in camp. As we saw on the Oklahoma City Thunder Instagram page, Jalen Horde is already participating in Thunder practice. So I think what happened is this report got its lift overseas. So like no one stateside has reported this move to be happening, but overseas did, I believe in French, in France, 
and the Google Translator just, I guess, kind of, we thought that it meant that, you know, he was going to be a part of that trade, but instead he's coming over just as a training camp invite, just normal everyday training camp invite has nothing to do with the Sixers trade, except for, I think he's like friends or something with Vincent Poyer, who is of course going to Philadelphia in the Al Horford trade. And so that's kind of how it all got lumped together into one big move, but he is on the team. I would assume it's an E10 contract, which means of course, it's only going to be valid through training camp. And then they're going to send him down to the blue and try to resign him to the blue. Now, moving on from that, Trevor Ariza will remain away from the team due to family issues, the same issues that kept him from participating in the NBA bubble. Uh, the Thunder said that they knew this before they even made the transaction. They knew he was not going to be available to the team, at least not right now, due to family issues. And that's something to watch for as we get closer and closer to the season. Because no matter if the Thunder buy Trevor Ariza out or if they keep him on the roster, he will not be a part of this rotation come December 23rd. Let's dive into the NBA schedule, which released on Friday. Remember, this schedule is only for the first half of the season before the All-Star break. It is not the entire slate, obviously, as there's only 32 games available right now for the Oklahoma City Thunder, 19 of which will be on the road. This all gets started on the road on December 23rd against the Houston Rockets in Houston. That'll be the first time you get to see this team play actual meaningful basketball. The home opener will be on December 28th against the Utah Jazz, which of course is the game in Chesapeake Energy Arena that ended the season last year for the hiatus uh, prior to the Disney World bubble. Uh, no nationally televised games this year for Oklahoma City for the first half of the season, at least, unless you factor in the NBA TV game against the Philadelphia 76ers, which I would not include. I don't think that that's a legitimate nationally televised game because you cannot get it just with a basic level package, the same way you can get ABC with every package. ESPN comes with pretty much every single package you could ever buy. So I think that those are national games, but not NBA TV. And so this will be the first time the Thunder don't have a national televised game in forever, pretty much. I mean, I cannot remember the last time they have not played on at least one game on ESPN or TNT. I can't imagine that they're going to get shut out in the first half of the season, but then they're going to get a game on national television in the second half of the season, whenever we all expect them to be at the bottom of the standings. So I would safely assume that there's going to be no national TV games for Oklahoma City this year. So we move into the returners. Steven Adams returns to Oklahoma City on December 31st, keeping the New Year's Eve tradition alive with the Thunder playing on New Year's Eve in Oklahoma City for so long. This time, Adams will be in a Pelicans jersey. <laughs> Being an opponent is so wild, but he'll be back. I would imagine the Thunder save all the tribute stuff for whenever there's going to be fans there. And maybe they do it twice. Maybe they still do it for him in arena, but then they'll they'll wait until fans can be there to do it again the next time that he plays in Oklahoma City with fans. I don't know what they're going to do about that whole awkward tribute videos whenever there's no fans there. Because it's safe to assume if you're going to start the year without fans and the year starts on the 23rd, you will not be comfortable having fans on the, 30, on the 31st, just given what the virus is at right now. The Lakers come to town, of course, with Dennis the Menace. They come to town on January 13th. The Nets and Kevin Durant come to town on January 29th. Chris Paul does not return to Oklahoma City until the second half of the season. Obviously, TBD on when that game will be, but it will not be in the first half. And so, when the Thunder play the, play the Suns, it'll be on the road. The Suns do not make their return trip to Oklahoma City until a later date. Now, big games to watch for this team. January 1st, that is going to be a back-to-back -back for Oklahoma City. That will be Oklahoma City having the disadvantage with the rest. They're going to take on the New York Knicks. And the Cavs on the road on the February 21st game at Cleveland. 
two teams that are going to be right there fighting for that top spot, that number one overall pick, you can imagine. So those are going to be two games that you're going to be wanting to watch out for, especially rooting for the Thunder to lose if you're in the tank of or in the camp of tanking or in the tank period. So moving on to like the kind of more fun information from this schedule release. By the way, I think I said that that Knicks game was on the 1st of January. It's on the 8th of January at New York. So let's get into the kind of the tidbits and the kind of nerdy stuff that I like. The longest road trip this year is actually two five-game stints. The first one coming January 2nd through 10th, whenever you take on the Magic, the Heat, the Pelicans, the Knicks, and the Nets. The second one still happens in January. It'll be the 19th through the 27th. And in that span, you're going to take on the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Clippers, the Trailblazers, and the Suns, back-to-back with the Clippers on the 22nd and 24th. So those are the longest road trips. The longest homestand is a five-game stint starting on January 29th. You're going to welcome in Kevin Durant and the Nets. You're going to take on the Rockets, the Rockets, the Wolves, and the Wolves. So that's kind of the way that the schedule lines out now. A lot of those series you're seeing whenever you're going to play the Clippers, Clippers, Wolves, Wolves, Rockets, Rockets, you're going to see that a lot this year around the NBA. So the tidbits about travel and rest are very interesting to me. Whenever you see how the team stacks up against other NBA squads, for example, the Thunder will travel the fifth fewest miles in the NBA this season. They're going to have five games whenever they're playing at the rest advantage over their opponents. That means that they're playing with more rest than their opponents did coming into that night. But they're also going to have eight games where they're playing at the rest disadvantage, where they're not going to have enough rest, and the, and the opponent will have more rest than the Thunder at the time of the tip-off. They're going to play seven back-to-back games, which is higher than normal. We expected that to be the case whenever you're trying to truncate this entire season into this 72-game marker starting on Christmas, starting on the 22nd, I should say, and then going through the, the kind of quote-unquote normal NBA playoff schedule. All games will be broadcasted on Fox Sports Oklahoma and the Sports Animal on the radio. With the whole dispute right now between Sinclair and Fox Sports Oklahoma and Fox Sports Southwest and every other Fox Sports regional channel, to me, this is a speculation, this is a guess, they're going to hold off until the very last moment. They're going to make you sweat bullets and fear that the only way to watch Fox Sports Oklahoma is with DirecTV and with AT&T now. And with, of course, your basic cable providers, if you're just on basic cable. But that's not going to be the case. In my opinion, specifically for Hulu, Hulu has spent so much money getting Joel Embiid, Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield, Dame, getting all these athletes. They spent so much money on that. And to brand themselves as Hulu has live sports. And to have people watch those commercials during live sports. You cannot market yourself that way, in my opinion, but then not have live sports and cut out half the NBA from your package. You just can't do that. You just cannot have that happen. So I think specifically for Hulu, they're going to get a deal done by December 22nd. That's a guess, that's speculation, but it would not make a lot of sense to me if you were going to brand yourself as the place for live sports in this cord-cutting world and then not follow suit with that. Eventually, the the Hulu higher-ups have to just pay the piper. Can't say the same for YouTube, can't say the same for any other platform, but I am confident just in my own speculation that Hulu will have Fox Sports Oklahoma back. As for me, 
I've got DirecTV, not really worrying about it too much, but I understand the concern for everyone else. And the most frustrating part is there is no option for you. I mean, there's no YouTube because YouTube doesn't have it either. There's no Hulu. Hulu does not have it either. None of these streaming platforms have Fox Sports outside of AT&T Now, which I believe is the only streaming platform that locks you into a contract just like normal satellite cable, which is what a lot of people want to get away from. So I understand the frustration. And then if you live in Oklahoma, League Pass does nothing for you because the only team blacked out in Oklahoma are the Thunder. I mean, I understand the frustration. I do think, though, I can give you some sort of reassurance if you're on Hulu that you'll have the games back on the 22nd. Now, if Hulu does not get Fox Sports back on the 22nd, I never want to see another commercial with Joel Embiid shooting piles of money in the ears talking about how Hulu has live sports. No, they don't. If you don't have Fox Sports... You do not have live sports. I do think this all gets worked out by game time, but it will get really close and will get really uncomfortable for you. They're going to hold out to the very last second. But that is my prediction for if you can watch games or not. And if you can't watch the games, we're going to recap every single one of them on Lockdown Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Coming up, I want to talk about the wild weekend around the NBA, like the Rockets' James Harden not reporting the training camp and instead going clubbing in the midst of a pandemic, like the NBA seeing a facility get shut down already, naming a trade deadline, and, of course, more Kyrie drama. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we are back on Locked On Thunder. Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. After this podcast is over, head on over to Locked On NBA, a daily podcast about the entire NBA. And coming up on Locked On NBA, you're going to start hearing us roll out our 2020-2021 season preview. It's almost here. We're so close to the season. And that's why on Locked on NBA, you will be getting to hear our special week of shows starting December 14th, getting previews for every single team, division by division from all 30 of our local experts, including yours truly previewing the Oklahoma City Thunder. There's also going to be waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch for from Chad Ford, the NBA draft expert, and predictions on each division from our good friends over at Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from. Go listen to them after this podcast is over. So I want to dive now into the NBA news from around this weekend, and it was a busy, busy time. Rockets superstar James Harden and P.J. Tucker did not report the training camp. They just did not show up. Now, James Harden, he was caught clubbing in Atlanta and then Vegas and just all over the place in the middle of a pandemic, no mask in sight, just chilling, just clubbing, doing what he wants to do and not reporting the training camp. And at each step, these Rockets, like homers, like these Rockets beat writers who are like a cult, like Ben DeBose or whatever his name is, they're all like, oh, he's going to report. He's going to report. What are you talking about, Mark Stein? You well-respected, award-winning journalist Mark Stein. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, TMZ? He was just at the at the University of Houston going through his own training camp. What are you talking about? He's going to report. 
And then he didn't show up for one-on-ones and individual work. Oh, no, he's going to report Sunday. He's going to report Sunday. And then he didn't report Sunday. Oh, no, he's going to report Sunday night. He's going to report Sunday night. And then Sunday night, he didn't report Sunday night. And they keep just changing the date on when he's going to report. And each time he fails them, each time he doesn't report. And apparently now, Harden himself has told the Rockets he will report very soon. But that's the third different date we've heard. And very soon is not even really a date. It's not like he said tomorrow. I just don't understand what we're doing here. Is he going to officially request a trade and just say, look, I'm not reporting. And even if he comes back, I would hope that he has to quarantine after being at little baby's party and being out in clubs with no mask on. That is just a wild ride that Houston's on right now. You trade Russell Westbrook, then you talk yourself into John Wall, who hasn't played in 5,000 years. You talk yourself into Boogie Cousins. You talk yourself into James Harden sticking it out and running it back and you know, going to give him one last go in Houston. And then Harden's not there. P.J. Tucker's not there. Harden's out clubbing after the NBA releases all these protocols in place. After the NBA says you can get punished by losing draft picks, which Houston has like one remaining draft pick. So if they lose a draft pick after James Harden breaks COVID protocol again, they're screwed. It's a rough time for Houston right now. But let's not forget about James Harden's legacy moment, blocking a two-way rookie's three at the end of a game seven in the first round of the postseason in front of no fans in the Disney World bubble. Let's not forget that. Please don't forget that it is Russell Westbrook's fault. It is Chris Paul's fault. It is Dwight Howard's fault. It is Mike D'Antoni's fault. Not James Harden's. Just remember all of that, please. I mean, can the Rockets please just trade James Harden to the Nets already? So we can at least see James Harden, KD, Kyrie on opening night against Golden State and then playing against the Celtics on Christmas Day. But I want to transition now into Kyrie Irving because once again, Kyrie creates a big stir. Instead of meeting with the media during media week, he releases an email statement just saying what he wants to get across throughout the season uh, and throughout the media availability, just so that way the media, the, the big bad media, doesn't twist the, the words around of Kyrie, this, this holier-than-thou, smarter-than-thou, sophisticated savant that, that just can't have his words twisted by the big bad media that's out to get Kyrie Irving. Look, I understand that the media availability is the last thing these players want to do. But it's in their contract to do them. There are things that everyone's job, no matter what your job is, you could have the best job in the world, which I think I do. I think that all of the jobs I do are the best jobs in the world. I think getting paid to talk into a microphone is the best job in the world. Getting paid to watch basketball is the best job in the world. Getting paid to work in the sports information department of a massive Division II college is the best job in the world. I think all those things. But at each job, there are things I don't want to do. There are my least favorite things to do. For example, I don't like filling out a timesheet for the sports information department. But the NCAA makes you fill out a timesheet so they know that they're not overworking you. I don't like doing it. I still got to do it, though. Kyrie Irving cannot like talking to the media. That's totally fine. But it's literally in his contract. 
And it's just something he doesn't like to do. Nobody's out to get Kyrie Irving. There's no agenda against Kyrie Irving. And when you continue to try to be this person who's always playing devil's advocate and who's always playing the other side and wants to zig when you zag, that's how you create these headlines. That's how you create this attention around you that's negative attention for you. It's a part of your job. Go there and say, I'm only here so I don't get fined, like Marshawn Lynch used to do. Marshawn Lynch turned that into a personality trait. He turned that into elevating his stardom. He was still there. He didn't say anything. He was a fun-loving guy. But just show up and don't say anything. But you've got to show up. And, And there are people on both sides who are doing this the wrong way. The media is not wrong for wanting to talk to Kyrie. The media is not evil for wanting to talk to Kyrie. The media is not less equipped to do their job without talking to Kyrie, but it sure makes it a lot better when they can talk to Kyrie. So the media is not wrong for wanting this to happen. Kyrie is not wrong for saying, I don't like to do it. Sure, don't like to do it, but it's part of your job. At your job right now, you can tell me a million things you'd hate to do. No matter if you love your job or hate your job, there's a million things you hate to do, but you got to do them. Kyrie, do your job. This is a part of your job. This is literally a part of their contracts, folks. This is not just something that they do on a whim to help out the Oklahoman or to help out the Lockdown Letter podcast. This is something that's literally in the CBA to talk to the media. This is part of how they earn their money. So Kyrie, please just do it. So that way we don't have to have this conversation anymore. I guarantee you, if Kyrie actually talked to the media, no one would have cared about Kyrie Irving this week. Kevin Durant talked to the media. That's as polarizing as I figure that there is. I don't know one thing Kevin Durant said. I, I just don't. I-, I-, I can't remember. I think he said something about the James Harden thing, but if he did, I can't even remember it right now. So, I mean, if you just do your job and, and do the sessions, nobody cares. Nobody cares. So I hope that Kyrie will just get over himself, honestly, and do your job. So I want to transition into the positive COVID test. The NBA had 48 players test positive for COVID-19 whenever they got their first wave of test results back. A big number, a shocking number. Oh my goodness, 48 positive tests. This was expected. Especially expected when players first re-enter their home market. Now, if you get 48 positive tests in February, that is a big deal. That is a shocking number. Because you're supposed to be following these protocols and have a controlled group of people around you in February. But right now, if the entire league was positive, would it be devastating? Yes, you don't want to see anyone have a positive test. But... This was expected to have these positive tests whenever they were not following protocols. James Harden's at a strip club right now. If he got to do that for three more months, what do you think would happen to him? These guys were not under these protocols and these rigid routines and schedules and having guys keep them accountable day in and day out, being around their team, being occupied with playing games. These guys, of course, we're going to go get COVID. I mean, it's just going to happen to anybody. Even if you do everything right, you can get COVID. Even if you do every little thing right and you follow every guideline, you follow every protocol, you can get COVID for just out of the blue reasons that don't make any sense to you. Because eventually you got to go to the store, you got to go do something 
And at, at some point, you've crossed paths with somebody who's had it, just at the rate that we're going. So the positive tests are not a big deal. Let's see what the NBA does from this point forward. None of those positive tests from when the players reported back to camp and reported back to their home site matter a lick to me, as long as each player, of course, individually recovers. I want every player to recover at full strength, at full health, and to be okay and to get through COVID. Past that, they don't matter in the sense of an indictment on the league. So we'll see what the protocols do from this point forward whenever they're actually in them. Now, Portland has already had to shut down their, their facilities, and they shut it down on Sunday for a deep clean after some more positive tests happened in Portland. That is a very big headline that will grab your attention. Also expected, though. I mean, we saw this in literally every single sport. We're going to continue to see it in every single sport. Until there's a vaccine, until COVID is totally gone, this will happen again and again. It's expected. And you just hope that you can find ways to adjust and limit the damage. That's part of the reason why you're seeing the schedule roll out for the first time ever in any major sport in two different halves. You get a little bit now, a little bit later. So that way, if Portland needs to shut down their facilities in January and they wipe out a week of games, you can find ways to make those up later on. So the COVID aspect of it, we don't know anything yet. My point is, no matter the Portland shutdown, no matter the 48 positive tests, we know nothing yet about if this will be successful or not. And success is such, in this case, in this context, it is such a arbitrary term. Because some people would think it's only successful if you crown a champion. And that's the only measurement of success. Did you reach the finish line? Doesn't matter how you got there. Doesn't matter what it cost you. Did you reach that crowning moment? And some people say it's only success if you truly can do this in a safe manner with limited to no outbreaks and things like that. And that is just up to the side of the fence that you're on in regarding the success aspect of sports and the success aspect of this league. But do not judge the NBA's protocols based on this first week of, of tests, because it's really unfair to them. It's very disingenuous because these guys were not going through the NBA protocols at this time. The Marlins lost their players during the season. The Cardinals, same thing. During the season, whenever they were supposed to already have been quarantined, they were supposed to already have been following protocols, and the protocols obviously were too loose and, and not strenuous enough, and it almost cost them their entire season in baseball. I trust the NBA has put a plan in place that can get them from point A to point B with limited to no PR hits and in a safe manner for all parties involved. And we'll see if they can do it or not. We'll see if I'm right or not with my prediction that the NBA can do this. But this last week was not a referendum on that fact. It was not something that you should hold against the league should have been something that you really expected and you really saw coming from a mile away. It's why a lot of campuses closed after Thanksgiving this year. Don't come back to campus because we don't know what you just did with your family or, or who, whoever you did it with. Same type of thing. We'll see what happens with the NBA. Don't forget, on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the power rankings of the NBA. We're going to give predictions, preseason predictions, on my Eastern and Western Conference standings. We'll see how much they change after the preseason. 
And then on Wednesday, we're going to do my roster projection 3.0. On Thursday, talk with Josh Lloyd, fantasy basketball expert, getting you ready for the Lockdown Thunder Fantasy Basketball League. And then on Friday, previewing game one of the season, preseason game one against San Antonio on Saturday. So a lot to get to this week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. If there's a question inside that review, I will answer it on the show. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.